breaking news. So it is now official the US FDA and CDC have approved vaccination against SARS-CoV-2 in children ages 5 to 11. And we've had in place for a number of months now, uh, 12 and over. So let's go into some of that data and mostly provide you links below that you can follow this data at the CDC and the FDA. So the basis of uh, this recommendation is an ongoing study of 4,700 children between the ages of 5 and 11 in the US, Finland, Poland, and Spain, getting two doses of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine at 10 micrograms versus 30 micrograms in those over the age of 12. Now, where does that come from? That actually comes from a cohort of about 265 kids where they gave them the lower dose because, you know, they're sort of thinking, well, maybe we should be doing this more by weight. And they found that their immune response with a lower dose in these kids between 5 and 11 was just as good as those kids over the age of 12 who got the full dose. So that's why they're recommending this smaller dose. Also, the idea that perhaps you have less side effects at that lower dose in children. So the analysis after seven days in this cohort of whether you'd be infected with SARS-CoV-2, just infection, we're not talking about serious disease or anything like that. They found three cases of COVID in the 1,305 kids that had been vaccinated, 16 cases in the 663 placebo patients with an efficacy of over 90%. It was 90.7, but, you know, high. The same as very similar to what occurred in adults and kids over the age of 12. There were no deaths in either group, and the side effect profile was very good, just sort of the usual some arm pain, low-grade fever, don't feel great for a day or two, almost all of it gone two days after that dose, and also a little bit worse after the second dose, as we've found with both Pfizer and Moderna. So this is all looking pretty good. And we have to remember that this is true in pediatrics for pretty much every disease. There's usually lots and lots of studies in adults and very few or no studies in kids. And this is a case where actually we've got some real good data in children, and we can compare that to slightly older children and to adults, and it's all looking about the same. Again, this is for the Pfizer mRNA vaccine. Now, the baseline COVID risk to children is important to understand as people are making decisions about getting this vaccine. So there have been, we think, about 146 deaths from COVID in the U.S. in children between the ages of 5 and 11. The total population here in the U.S. is about 28 million. There's been about 8,300 admissions. And the FDA did this modeling of myocarditis risk and hospitalization with the vaccine versus for COVID risk and getting sick and dying with the vaccine getting admitted to the hospital, and they found that it was significantly less for getting the vaccination. Now, by October 10th, this is CDC data, there's been about 1.9 million confirmed cases of COVID uh, in the US. Now, this actually doesn't jibe with some other data they have, which suggests that when you do serological studies, that about 38% of kids in the US by September of 2021 were actually SARS-CoV positive. So this data is always a bit confusing because you've got confirmed cases by things like PCR testing, and then they do sort of serological surveys and it suggests it's much higher. So a lot of people are getting infected who are not being tested. So that's why some of that data appears to be a little strange. Now, what do we know about natural infection versus mRNA vaccination? Well, we again know that this is very similar to adults, that you get an antibody response when you get natural infection, but it is nowhere near as high as when you get the mRNA vaccine. But it does appear, maybe not as true with Delta, but it does appear that six months after natural infection, there hasn't been a lot of breakthrough confirmed infections in children. So if you've had a natural infection, your child is probably okay for at least six months. Again, this data is not you know, fully robust and it is, that's why all of this is ongoing. Now, in terms of morbidity 
So the CDC estimates that for every 3,200 COVID cases, one child is going to get this MISC, which is a very serious disease. We're talking 60 to 70% of those kids that with MISC will end up in the ICU and 1% to 2% will die. We do also know that these vaccines can be associated with pericarditis, myocarditis. That appears to be mild. We've talked about it before. It's mostly with Moderna. So some other pearls you need to know is that they've changed the buffer for this vaccine for kids. It's called a TRIS buffer. I guess it's used in multiple FDA-approved vaccines. This allows them uh, to have this thing being more stable at higher temperatures, which will make distribution a, a little bit better. Now, there's actually no data, because this keeps coming up all the time, there is actually no data right now on giving it with the flu shot, although lots of experts are recommending this. At the beginning, they were saying, no, you should have your flu shot a week or two uh, separated from your COVID shot. But many experts now are saying, no, in fact, it's fine to do this. There's a lot of vaccines we give together and you get good immune response to all of the different antigens in there. And if you do that, you're less likely to have more days off work or more days off school. And in fact, there are a number of companies that are working on a combined COVID and flu shot that will be taken annually. So while many experts are recommending that you do this, get the flu shot and the COVID shot at the same time, if you want uh, to reduce the number of days off work and school and stuff, if you look at actual data right now, we don't have robust randomized data. The other question is, how long you know, after infection can you get vaccinated? Now, again, this has changed over time because at the beginning of the pandemic, the experts were saying, look, if you've been infected, don't get a vaccine for three months. And they were saying that specifically because we didn't have enough vaccine and it looked like protection from natural infection would be good for at least three months. Now they're suggesting, like, if you're two weeks after COVID, you can probably get it. Some people are saying much sooner than that. But if you have a sort of documented infection in your child in the last few weeks, they're going to be good in terms of getting infected and spreading the infection for months. So you can probably wait. Okay. So what is the data on spread? It appears to be very similar to that in adults. In fact, children actually might replicate even more virus in their nasopharynx and potentially be even more infectious than adults. So the other reason to get children vaccinated, of course, is to help reduce the spread of this disease, not only to people in their family, but to the other kids in the school that are going to go spread it to other people in their family who might be immune compromised or might just because of bad luck get really sick. And that's why there is now sort of this overwhelming push that we should be vaccinating all children over the age of five at this point. The vaccination appears to be very safe at this new formulation with this new buffer and there was no serious side effects, and COVID is a serious disease. It is very infectious. Most of the time, kids are going to do fine, but occasionally a child is going to get very sick and die. And so that is why there is this current push to say, okay, we have enough data now. Let's do this. Again, this is all on the Pfizer vaccine. This is all on the mRNA Pfizer vaccine at a lower dose. Moderna has ongoing studies right now, but they are not due to be read out to the FDA until January. So we won't know about that for a little well, so the summary is that COVID in kids is certainly not as bad as COVID in adults or older adults in particular or adults with uh, comorbid disease. The mortality is quite low, but it is certainly not zero. And the morbidity is low, but it is certainly nowhere near zero. This vaccine appears to be safe. It appears to significantly reduce the chance of getting symptomatic COVID disease. We do not have data on mortality or things like ICU admission because it's a rare event. And although they studied this in thousands of kids, there was no deaths, thankfully, in the cohort in either group. But it is uh, very likely that this is going to significantly reduce mortality and morbidity in this age group, just as it has in the kids over the age of five, and just as it has in younger adults and older adults. 
So this data just adds to, and this is important, this just adds to what we already know. We're being extra cautious to make sure we're studying in kids. And so far, the data looks very robust. Therefore, you have the recommendations that I think make a lot of sense.